four things I'm not going to do anymore. Grab a glass of water, take a few deep breaths, because we're diving in. Hello, hello, this is Lara Pereca, and you are with me at the Listen to Lara podcast. This is, I don't know, second or third episode of our seventh season. Woohoo! And we really need to talk about this. What are the things you're not going to do anymore? See, we often talk about and try to build up all the new things we're going to do to have that better, richer, fuller life. However, what we really need to do is get rid of some things because, as my mother used to say, the closed fist cannot receive. We really need to let go of some things before we can take the good things in. So here are four things that I am not going to do anymore. As my girlfriend Susie would say, I'm not doing it. (laughs) She said that a lot. I'm not doing it. All right, so here are the four things. Number one, I am not going to be frustrated over what my loved ones are doing or are not doing. This is a control issue, and I bet you can relate to this one. We get frustrated over the guy in front of us in traffic that cuts us off, over our spouse for something they said or did or didn't say or didn't do. We get mad at our mother, our brother, our children, our neighbors, because they're not doing what we think they should do, but boy, is that egocentric. Who are we to say we know better what they should do than they do? Honestly, it's really not fair for us to do that. So I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to be frustrated over what loved ones are doing or are not doing. This is really a control issue. I often tell people, a man's job is to give his woman everything she wants. But a woman's job is to, is <laughs> excuse me, a woman's job is to inspire him to do so. So you, nobody can get mad at each or the other. It's like, okay, you got you want him to do all those things for you. You have to inspire that out of him, right? It's about having people want to do things. So being frustrated over what they do or don't do really doesn't change anything unless it uh, pushes you to action to learn how to better negotiate or better take care of their needs or whatever it is. The actual act of frustration, hmm, doesn't really help anyone. So that's something I'm going to work on not doing. Next one, doubting myself. I am not going to doubt myself when I compare myself with others. No more comparison or self-doubt. That is a no-win situation. Folks, there's always going to be somebody smarter than you, better than you, more handsome than you, more lucky than you, whatever, full of resources. These things are just a part of life. Where you are on the spectrum really doesn't really matter because guess what? There's always somebody who's worse off than you. When my daughter was young, she was practically a savant on the compu- uh, on the piano. She played the piano like there was no tomorrow without a lesson. And we said, wow, you are so gifted and talented on the piano. She said, no, mom, no, I'm not. Look, this kid is. And she pulls up a YouTube video of a five-year-old Japanese boy who's just blows your mind that anyone could do that, let alone a five-year-old. Now, we can all see how ridiculous that is that she compared herself to someone like that. But that's what we all do. You know, when I was young, we compared ourselves to the other kids on the block. 
I was the best singer, so-and-so was the best runner, another kid could climb trees better than everyone else or do backflips better than any of us. Actually, the rest of us couldn't do backflips. <laughs> and so we had a smaller group that we were comparing ourselves to. Made it easier on us. Truth of the matter is, comparison, no matter what, is really not good for you. Now, in the classroom, we used it sometimes to get the kids to sharpen their skills because it was more fun to compete so that you could be the winner or do better and you'd learn faster. So I'm not saying there's no place for comparison and for um, you know setting, setting things up so that you use that as a competition. But what I am saying is having self-doubt because you compare yourself to others, it doesn't help you at all. Um, sometimes we use it to puff up our ego. For example, I have a high IQ. And sometimes I use that to say, yes, I'm smarter than that person. Oh my gosh, I can't believe how silly that person is or the thought or the thing that they said. When really, does that serve me to feel high, you know, high and mighty because I have a higher IQ? That is along the same lines, but on the other end of the stick of doubting myself because I'm comparing myself to other people in my space who are doing better than me. Really, when I take a look at that, that's something that I'm not going to do anymore. I'm going to erase self-doubt and comparison from my vocabulary and from my mind. Here's the thing. When we compare, if you're not on the top end, you know, if you're not saying, wow, I'm better than them, and that's bad because you build up your ego, then what are you doing? You're actually doubting yourself. You're saying, why can't I be as good as they are? And that's no good. Third thing. I am not going to do anymore. Feel guilty for making great money, for looking great for my age, for being smarter than the people I'm around, or enjoying a lifestyle that maybe they can't afford. I have in the past, I remember middle school, felt guilty for getting A's because some of my friends got B's or C's. Now, compassion is good, but feeling guilty for doing something that is good for you We can all see intellectually how wrong that is, but emotionally, it's hard. If you spent your life wanting to please people, or maybe you had the kind of childhood that you kind of had to, you know, really depend on those adults who were doing crazy things and not really doing the best things in your self-interest. So here's the thing. All of us, no matter what your background, no matter where you've been or what you've done, at some point you feel a little guilty about something. And... You know, we're going to talk in a minute about how we can not do these things, but just right now, just recognizing that feeling guilty for making great money, what's up with that? Got some mind virus telling you that poor people are great and rich people are bad? Because honestly, you should not feel guilty for adding value to the workplace and making good money. Uh, Looking great for your age. Why shouldn't we feel really neutral about that? I mean, really, in the best case scenario, it's not to puff up your ego, nor is it, here we go with the ego again, nor is it to try to stay small and minimalize yourself because you don't want other people to feel bad. That's not good either. And we already touched on the feeling smarter part. That's that. uh, Don't feel guilty if you're smarter than people that are around you or more talented or more skilled in a certain area. That's your gift. Use it. Use it to help others. What about enjoying a lifestyle that other people can't afford? That is something that does 
really come into play a lot. My sister is an actor, and so is her husband, and they have done really well for themselves. And I think sometimes around the rest of the family, they feel a little like embarrassed about uh, their level of accomplishment because it means they're living in a different lifestyle. They're enjoying things that the average person doesn't enjoy, let alone the rest of the family. So I am not going to feel guilty anymore for those things that I mentioned. Making great money, looking great for my age, being smarter than people that I'm around, or enjoying a lifestyle that they can't afford. No more. Here's the fourth thing that I'm not going to do anymore. And if you've guessed it, (laughs) I'm going to be asking you to come up with some things that you're not going to do anymore. Because this isn't just about listening to my personal growth. This is about you growing too. All right, number four, save the best for last because I don't really have um, the answers for this one. Feel unworthy. I am not going to do it anymore. I am not going to feel unworthy to live the life of my dreams. You know, we all have programs that we've uh, listened to from society, our parents, our teachers, uh, magazines we pick up. We pick up these programs and a friend of mine, Randy Gage, calls them mind viruses. And I think he's right. When you ha- uh, feel um, any of these negative emotions, look back and see what is it you're believing? What's the false belief? What is it that's making you feel that way? A lot of us feel unworthy. Well, I guess everybody feels unworthy at some time or another. But for me, I got to get past this one. I know that on the outside, I'm just so sharp and so confident and sure of myself. But I have to admit, there are times, not every day, but there are times that I do feel unworthy. And if it weren't so, you know, the proof's always in the pudding. If that weren't so, I would already have everything that I desire to do, be, and have would already have manifested So I got to work on that one most of all, feeling unworthy. Because here's the thing, some of these little mind viruses slip by without you noticing and you don't even recognize it, but it's there. So the first step, we're going to talk about how to handle this. The first step is being able to recognize those. Actually, this is really the third step, but let's talk about it because how important it is. Recognize when you have a negative thought. Recognize when you're addicted to drama or judgment or any of those negative beliefs, any of those false beliefs. If you're judging people all day long, you're addicted to judgment. Might as well face it, you're addicted to judgment. (laughs) And so whatever it is that you could be addicted to, you got to take a look at it and catch those thoughts. And what I actually say to myself is delete. Like I am deleting that thought. I am not going to think that. No. Number one, remember I said that was the third thing. The first thing to do, if you're so inclined to yourself come up with four things that you ain't going to do no more, the first thing really is having a clear intention. You have to decide. You have to say, you know what? I intend to improve myself. And I think Laura's right. It's not just about adding the good things. We need to get rid of some of the bad things. So let's do some house cleaning and have a clear intention that you are going to get rid of some of those bad things. Number two elevate your emotion. You see, if you do not elevate your emotion, you're not changing your energy. And if you change your energy, you change your life. So if you don't change your energy, guess what? You're going to keep having that same life. And then you look around 10 years from now and say, why? Oh, why? Why me? By the way, victimhood is another one of those negative emotions that I could name a few people 
who should decide that they're not going to do that anymore. They're not going to play the victim. All right, so set your clear intention. Elevate your emotion. Make sure you're working on your energy level, not just physical energy. I actually mean your um, your vibe, your vibration, what you're vibrating at, your level of of clarity and focus and joy and expression. Got to elevate that. And your willpower really needs to be greater than the power of the program. Whatever that program is, whether it's, uh, you know, growing up feeling, you know, your siblings were always smarter than you and, you know, you really don't fit in or whatever your, whatever your situation is, you have to have a willpower that is greater than that program you've been believing I've been reading a book recently about how we have to relearn, and this has been going on for the last five or ten years. I've been talking to um, other people in my space about relearning and the value of being able to relearn and rethinking something. You know, just because you believe something doesn't really mean it's true. And maybe it was true yesterday, but it's not true tomorrow. You'll hear oftentimes with politicians, they will be being blamed by the media. Well, they used to say this, and now they have flip-flopped on their views. President so-and-so used to think, you know, uh, LGBT community didn't have the same rights, and now they have flip-flopped. Well, 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 they are a thinking, sentient human being who thinks and has changed a poor belief to a good belief. You should be giving them kudos, you should be saying hurrah instead of putting them down for it. Actually, how stupid is someone in the media if they're going to put people down for changing for the better? That just blows my mind, which is why I don't usually watch the news. Actually, I never watch the news, but I am up on what I need to be up on, so don't judge me. You should stop watching the news too. (laughs) You'll feel much better. Okay, clear intention, elevate your emotion, recognize that willpower, you got to have a willpower greater than the power of the program. And I would be remiss if I didn't bring up this word, metacognition. Think about what you're thinking about. Earlier I said, this is the most important thing. And then I go, wait a minute, this is step three. Well, this is it. Think about what you're thinking about. Catch those little subliminal thoughts of, I'm not good enough. Or look at that fat person on the corner sticking those french fries in their mouth. Why are you judging them? What is your button on that? And moreover, look in the mirror. We can only change ourselves. We cannot change other people. Although, interestingly enough, when we change ourselves, how mysterious is this? Other people change for the better, I might add. What are the four things you're not going to do anymore? I'd love to know. You can leave me a voice message here. You can email me, laura at sevendailyhabits.com. I'd love to know. And until next time, you get out there and grow and change and live your best life now. Love ya. Did you like this episode? Please share. Sharing is caring.